You are listening to the podcast of International Media Network TV Bricks. Ms. Ranzi, good day. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for your eagerness to take part in our program, in our interview. I'm very happy to see you here once again. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate. So you attended the 24th International Academic Conference on Economic and Social Development. What was your impression of the conference? Uh, thank you very much. Surely I attended the 24th International Academic Conference of Economic and Social Development um, for the women particularly. Uh, my impression is uh, the world leaders, after a long time, have realized that women have a huge contribution to the economical and social development of the countries across the world. And Russia has taken a step ahead of that to bring together women from various countries from various continents to talk about how best uh, the economy and social development can be increased in different countries. And I'm happy that our first lady was invited to be a part of it. I'm representing her here. The conference was held at Higher School of Education, while well, it's university. Do you envisage any potential cooperation between that university and Zimbabwe? Definitely, I do see a potential uh, a cooperation between uh, the HSE University and one of our universities in the country, particularly that university that our first lady is working with uh, to ensure that the knowledge for women in business or knowledge for women in entrepreneurship is increased. You will understand that by the contribution of the women in the economies, it's more of entrepreneurship. But most of the women don't have skills or knowledge on how to run businesses. So our first lady has started a program that inculcates women entrepreneurs to have knowledge, just basic knowledge for the business that comes from uh, one of our universities called Zimbabwe Open University, where women are attaining certificates for short courses, diplomas, and also even degrees to run mostly their businesses and other um, a spectrum of the society, but what she is focusing on is more on business. So I see a partnership being created between Zimbabwe and Russia, the HSE University. There's a huge potential indeed. Earlier in your visit, you spoke about strategies of the empowerment of women. So in your opinion, how strong is the role of women in our modern society? Okay, the, the role of a woman in our modern society is quite strong though it hasn't been tapped into, this is what I believe, it hasn't been enhanced, it hasn't been recognized, but the role of women in our modern society is very key. Uh, women uphold families, we also uphold companies, we do uphold our even our communities in the society, churches and even political parties, but we are not recognized. This big job that we do as women is not really recognized yet in the modern society. That's what is moving the modern society. As such, our contribution to the modern society is very strong. And I think our tenacity as women, the push that we have, the strength that, that we have, even when things are down, when chips are down, when things are tough, is a good contribution to the modern society. And we are a part of the modern society that has to be recognized. Our hard work in various areas and even in industries cannot be overemphasized. So how can the world go without women? Women are very key and a key aspect in the modern society. 
Thank you so much for this answer. During the plenary session, you spoke about Africa in a changing world. So what's the role of the African continent in the world now and in the nearest future? Okay, Africa has a huge contribution to the globe. Um, you agree with me that Africa is the largest young generation, the young generation of the youths, hence the human capital of the new world who come from Africa. Africa is the largest virgin land and which is vested with um, natural minerals, which constitutes the subsoil, which means the mining of this world. Africa has it at a bigger scale. Africa also has virgin land for agriculture, which means more land for agriculture is found in Africa in this modern world. And Africa is the most important strength, which may not be noticed, but we have it in Africa, which is peace. Africa is peaceful. For the economy to be driven well, you need to have peace. Most of our countries are very peaceful. And if there is any instability in Africa, it's influenced from the other continents, not from Africa itself. So there's peace, there's togetherness, and uh, cohesion in Africa, which is a huge advantage that will contribute to the new world. Well, during the first latest visit to Moscow in December last year, an agreement was signed between the Angel of Hope Foundation and TV Bricks. What are some of the foundation's programs that can go hand in hand with TV Bricks? Okay, we are very grateful as Zimbabweans with the work that our first lady is doing across the country. That is vastly and visibly changing our society, particularly the younger generation that is growing up and also that is changing the way the people are resettling in the, in, in the country in the new dispensation, whereby our culture itself has been long forgotten and the First Ladies Foundation is bringing all this up and bringing back to the people and even you know, when we talk about our culture, it comes, it goes back to the food that we have to be eating or that we have always been eating as Zimbabweans, that she's reminding the Zimbabwean uh, community to say, let's go back to our culture. In together with that, she is also promoting gastronomy, tourism. So she has a program that has to do with, uh, that is called a cookout competition that goes across the country, that is run for the past two years. And this year, the third year, it has grown bigger, it's growing very big, whereby other countries in the region has admired the, pro the programs through their first ladies. And they are now coming in May in, uh, in Zimbabwe to be participants and part of this uh, program called the cookout competition, which brings us back to our culture, which brings us back to tourism, uh, gastronomy for our country. That's number one. Number two, she has a program that runs with the young people as well, your teenagers, to stop them from using drugs and concentrate and focus on education. That has been helping a lot of you know that the world has gone crazy now, whereby young people are engaging and indulging into use of drugs and other uh, chemicals like alcohol, and they're always losing their focus. But our first lady has that program again, that we think with Bricks TV, if it's brought into the Bricks TV, it will spread across the world and it will change the world itself. She also have uh, um, health programs, particularly for the elderly, families to bring them together 
over the weekends, whereby we run health programs that shows that families can be brought together by running uh, exercises that provides at the same time to be bringing families together, but bringing health to the families. She has a program in terms of our culture, whereby at Zimbabwe, in Zimbabwe, we have a culture where children, when they're still young, before they get married, they have to be talked to, taught on how to go and run their families, how to go and run their marriages, which makes marriages or the society stable. It has been there for so many years ago, but it has been forgotten over the years. Now she's bringing it back across the country and it is an impact and results that we are also seeing. So all these programs that I'm talking about can be inculcated uh, into the collaboration with um, uh, BRICS TV and it can go across and have an impact in other countries, particularly even in Russia. Yeah, I suppose you are totally right with these programs. Exactly. Um, so at first sight, Russia and Zimbabwe are completely different countries, but at the same time, we have a long friendship story. What are we similar in and what makes this strong connection between our countries? Okay, let me start by saying Russia and Zimbabwe has always had a very good relationship since back the years of the liberation struggle when Zimbabwe was uh, fighting to liberate itself from the colonialists. Russia has been always an all-weather friend whereby the other countries in the West would be colonizing Africa, Zimbabwe included, but Russia would not accept that. It would help by training the comrades here. We have our own uh, liberation uh, uh, struggle fighters who came and be trained in, in Russia. Most of them were spending many years, two, at least two to five years here in Russia at the cost of this country, catering for everything, training and go back to fight. That was Russia. It's something that we value as Zimbabweans and we will forever cherish. That's where our relationship is taken back. After the liberation struggle in 1980, when we gained our independence, Russia was also a part of reconstruction of our country, a part of construction of our country, providing skills. Russians were going to Zimbabwe to teach and educate our people on how to construct and other disciplines of the industries, but particularly construction. Our capital city has a hand from Russia whereby Russians were helping to reconstruct our country. And also, our, after the independence and as we move with our country, 20 years later, our country was put under sanctions because of the land reform that we claimed from the West. And Russia sacrificed to sign against the West and saying what they were doing was wrong because the land belonged to the Zimbabweans and there was an agreement of the Lancaster House. So what was wrong with going back to the agreement and do as they agreed? Russia signed against that at the UN General Assembly, which is something we also value. Going further, it is very tough for you to understand for a country to operate under sanctions. But Russia until today, they are supporting us. In the new dispensation, we have seen a number of MOUs being signed between Russia and Zimbabwe, particularly in the higher and tertiary education, whereby Zimbabwe would say, we have our land, we have our minerals, we can want to, to indulge into farming, into mining, at the levels of our own knowledge and how we should go. But how do we then align with the global village? 
Russia is there for us. The MOUs are helping us on science, innovation, and technology to bring together what we can offer to the world. So our relations are very, very important and we cherish them and we think what um, His Excellency uh, uh, President Putin mentioned in 2019 to say Africa and Russia can work together and be a part of the global village. We are very much uh, acceptable to that and we agree to that as the people of Zimbabwe. So our, our relationships are very key and we have a lot that we can collaborate on and we're looking forward to the growth of the relationship going forward. Okay, the topic of climate change has become a global conversation since the First Lady is the patron for environment and tourism and this goes hand in hand with your ministry. What strategies are being implemented in Zimbabwe to curb the effects of climate change to the ordinary citizen? Yes, our First Lady is the uh, ambassador of, of environment and also uh, uh, the ambassador for wildlife. Yeah, in our country, which is hand in hand with our ministry, as you have just mentioned. She's been working tirelessly for the past five years, whereby she introduced planting of trees. That's where she has a main focus. You understand that trees have been cut over the years with no replacement. Agriculture in Zimbabwe is mainly driven by tobacco. But for tobacco to be sold and to be fine and ready to be sold, there's an aspect of cutting down trees to bend the tobacco leaves and ensure that the quality is improved and is, is, is sellable. So the uh, first lady started with that to say, we need to replace every tree that we cut for tobacco production. Furthermore, in the societies, in the rural areas, she goes physically herself. With us as ministry staff, we actually go behind her. We try to be in front of her, but we find her there already. She goes there to do it physically with her hands, to ensure that people seize it from herself, to ensure that people can understand what it means to replace every tree that we cut. We are also part of other African countries that has shortages of energy. Hence, in the rural areas, together even in the urban areas, we use a lot of firewood to make, to produce energy. But what replaces the trees that are being cut for firewood. She preaches about all that. She preaches about it's good to be in tobacco farming and production, but it's good to be replacing every tree. It's good to have energy from the trees so that we have firewood. We cannot afford uh, the alternatives of the, the sources of energy. While at least we are working on that solar systems and other energies that we could use, what are we doing? We are using firewood, but who is replacing the firewood? So if you cut a tree for firewood, you need to replace it. And we, are see, we have seen that it is done wonders in our country. Now it's a fifth year and the season of 2022 to 2023, 17 millions to 18 millions trees that have been planted in one season. It has grown from the other three years by 48% increment because the communities are accepted. She has taught them, the community, the importance of tree planting, which is a curb to climate change. It, all why she's doing that is because she knows it affects the climate change. It, it's part of the climate change that if trees, if countries or societies or communities become desert, mm -hmm. then what do we do about climate change? It's all about climate change. She also has other initiatives that are coming up 
whereby she is teaching the young generations, younger people, bringing them together. I mean, as young as two years going up, bringing them together, telling them the importance of water, mm -hmm. the importance of preserving the water, the importance of ensuring that our water is kept clean from the, from the rivers. It's about teaching them young as they grow. She has other things that she's doing with the elderly, with the mature people, but she has the mind to say, let's go back to the younger ones and start teaching them now about climate change. So there are lessons about climate change with the children. And she is going to also introduce other environmental issues to these young people. And these are some of the uh, initiatives that we are taking from Russia to say, let's go and teach our young generation. She has also been driving the agriculture program that our president, uh, Dr. Emerson Damzom Nangangwa, has introduced in our country from 2019. It's called Fumbudza. It's a climate uh, smart agriculture initiative mm -hmm. whereby people dig holes mm -hmm. to avoid the climate change disasters from any plants that are put down. And our first lady has taken up to scale it up with the women. And now we have 57% of the women who are involved in that initiative. It's also an issue that is addressing climate change. And our country is food security from there. For the past two years, I'll tell you that there haven't been hunger through climate change mm -hmm. uh, issues. Of course, we have gone through uh, Cyclone Idai. And from Cyclone Idai, that's when our president has said, no, we need to have smart agriculture initiatives. And our first lady has taken it to the women whom she knows that they've always been the biggest number of farmers. And now she's announcing, she's having them having education about smart agriculture, about climate change together. So those are all initiatives that we are doing with our first lady, of course, in our Ministry of Environment and uh, Climate and Tourism and Hospitality Industry. But she's also in the Ministry of Agriculture putting climate together with agriculture to ensure food security in our country. In December 2022, the First Lady received the Honours Causa by the Russian State University for the Humanities. There are approximately 500 Zimbabwean students currently studying in Russia who look up to her as the mother of the nation. What advice may you give to those students who are studying in Russia? Okay, number one, let me say they are the lucky ones. They are loved by our First Lady. They are loved by our President. Because we have thousands and thousands of students who also want to come to Russia in different, uh, uh, to do their different uh, degrees here. Mm -hmm. But those 500 are very lucky. Let me tell them that um, they should, they should treasure this moment that they are given by the government of Russia, the treasure that they are given by the government of Zimbabwe. They should treasure also the opportunity that they are given by our First Lady. And all that the First Lady wants is for them to know and to remember where they come from, to remember their culture, to stay away from drugs, to be focused more than ever with their education, because without education, what are you going to be as a person? And with this initiative to be taken all the way from home to come and have free education in, an, in another country, it's something to treasure, it's something very important. And our first lady is a disciplinarian. She is, no doubt about that. So she wants people who are very disciplined, highly disciplined, 
And your discipline must be shown more when you are in another place and not in your home. It's okay to be disciplined at home, but it's more than important to demonstrate that you are a cultured and a well-mannered child when you are in another country. Be focused on your education. We want them back home because we know what they are attending from Russia is very important and it will build our country and it will have so much value to build the future Zimbabwe. They are very, very important to the First Lady and the nation of Zimbabwe, and we want them back and to inculcate what they are learning here back home. We are waiting for them, mm -hmm. and they should be, they should know that they are well loved. So very good words. Okay, for our interview, you have picked up uh, a national dress. Can you tell us some words about this print? All right, let me say, or gladly say, the national dress of Zimbabwe is also our First Lady's initiative. She has sat down herself mm -hmm. to craft what should be a national dress for Zimbabwe. As you can see, it has a bird here. It's an emblem for our country flag. Mm -hmm. It's an emblem for a Zimbabwean identity. And she has put it on the dress. She chose the different colors. She chose... Um, uh, different um, designs that has to talk to our culture. This talks about our great Zimbabwe. It's about our culture. It's one of our biggest monuments in the country and the colors, most of them. So I'm wearing a blue one. There are others in yellow. There are others in green. They pick the, the flag of our, of our country. So women in Zimbabwe and even men, they make shirts, they make outfits, they make suits out of our national dress. It's a dress that identifies as Zimbabwe wherever that they are. So I love wearing my national dress, particularly when I'm out of the country, to show that I have a history, to show that I have a first lady who has given an initiative that we must demonstrate where we originate from. And we thank so much the first lady about her initiative. I thank you. Okay, Mr. Radzi, thank you so much for coming. I wish everyone could love his mother country as you do, as you love yours. Thank you so much for this interview, for the way that you have come. We appreciate you too much. Once again, thank you so much. I thank you for having me. Thank you so much. You are listening to the podcast of International Media Network, TV Bricks.